Welcome to the Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Battery Power Podcast Network. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, you're having a wonderful start to your Thursday. Of course, you can find the Daily Hammer, the Battery Power Podcast, and the podcast to be named later, all at BatteryPower.com, at BatteryPowerSBN, across all forms of social media, and free on all podcast platforms. Wherever you choose to listen, that's where we'll be for free. Just hit that subscribe button and you'll get the latest content when it's available. My name's Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. When it comes to the Braves, here's the latest from Atlanta. And the latest is this. The Braves were able to get the job done. We talked about it on yesterday's Hammer, how important and just, you know, how great it would be if the Braves could get the victory in what was a fun pitching matchup between Hunter Green and Spencer Strider on Wednesday night. If the Braves could get the victory, they would be at 9-4, and four, have their second series sweep of the year, and enter a much-needed off day on Thursday with the best record in the NL East. That's the great thing about it. The Braves now at 9-4 and four, have the second-highest amount of wins in the majors. Only the Braves and the Tampa Bay Rays, who were off to a historic start at 12-0, those are the only two teams that have a multiple game lead in their respective division right now. So though it's it seemed like it's been a struggle, it definitely has been with some injuries and you know some slow starts, you know, both you know out of the pin, out of the rotation, out of the lineup for certain folks. The great thing is, is that the Braves continue to find ways to win. And that's what really stood out about this series against the Reds. As once again, the Braves had to come from behind to be able to get the job done. But that's exactly what they were able to do. And they were able to get the 5-4 to four victory. As always, three key takeaways that really stand out from the victory for the Braves over the Reds. As Spencer Strider once again was able to get the job done for the third time this year. The Braves were able to get a victory in which Spencer Strider was on the mound. But it was not a dominant start, you know, like we saw for Spencer Strider in his first start. This was more like his second start of the year. Spencer Strider, you know, so far this season, despite, you know, looking pretty dominant against the Nationals, as you would expect, against the Padres and the Reds, he's, he's had a bit of struggles. And it's not necessarily that, you know, there, there's something really concerning about Strider so far this year. It's just that he looks like he's going to have to continue to adapt as not only the league adapts to him, but Strider now adapts to the new rules that are in place. Perhaps the pitch clock could be, you know, making an impact on, on his overall approach. You know, perhaps after an offseason of after, after the league got to see what Spencer Strider could offer, perhaps there's some adjustments that hitters are making at the plate that Spencer Strider is having to work through. But the big key is, you know, for instance, you know, in yesterday's third inning, Spencer Strider really ran into, or excuse me, in, in yesterday's first inning, you know, for the first three innings, you know, Strider worked through some unique things. There was a balk, there was another call, you know, that in the third inning just, you know, completely, you know, uh, for most folks would have probably threw out their rhythm, but Strider was able to work through it despite some unique situations, and he was able to get the job done. Five innings, three earned runs, again, nine strikeouts. So Strider definitely is maintaining his elite strikeout rate. It's just that so through his last two starts, he's definitely had to work through some ups and downs, but the big key is, is that he is allowed for the game to remain close for the Braves offense to be able to have a chance, and that's exactly what occurred last night, which of course leads us to our second point. 
And that is the simple fact that Ronald Acuna Jr. continues to show that he is back in full form. And right now, it's been one of the best forms that we've seen Ronald Acuna Jr. perform at in his career. Last night, Acuna, four, three hits, three RBIs. I uh, did have a strikeout, but he was the key difference. You know, we talked about Sean Murphy on a Monday being the key difference, being the reason why the Braves were able to get the job done. Well, last night it was Ronald Acuna Jr. who also had a stolen base. And when we when I talk about you know how awesome of a start to the season that Ronald Acuna Jr. is having, that's not just being dramatic. That's not just you know uh, throwing compliments out there without there being actual data to back it up. Through 13 games, Ronald Acuna Jr. now has 20 hits. He has 10 runs, and he has five stolen bases. That is the first time, this is the first time since 2011 that a player has had those numbers. Through 13 games, at least 20 hits, 10 runs, and five stolen bases. The last person to do that through the first 13 games of a 162-game season was Matt Kemp in his MVP year of 2011. Other names that have done that since 2000, Ian Kinsler, Jose Reyes, Brian Roberts, Ichiro Suzuki, Juan Pierre, Kenny Lofton, and then, you know, if we go back 25 years, Larry Walker in his MVP season. So what Ronald Acuna Jr. is doing at the plate right now and on the base pass, that combination of overall production and, and speed, we've not seen that in over a decade. And the last time that we saw it, it led to an MVP campaign for Matt Kemp, former Brave Matt Kemp. So truly is awesome to see what Ronald Acuna Jr. is doing. And the thing is, is that we know there's even more levels to this, right? He's not put his power on full display. He's showing that he's consistently making hard contact, but there's going to be a point in time this season in which Ronald Acuna Jr. is going to start launching some of these balls more that he's hitting hard. He truly does have a very good shot at a 40 40 season. But while Ronald Acuna Jr.'s start to the season has been exciting, what may be even more exciting is our third takeaway is that Eddie Rosario has now had two straight multiple hit games, and that included in last night's game the game winning home run for the Braves to be able to win 5 to 4. Now, obviously in spring training, there were plenty of fun moments when it came to Eddie Rosario, especially during the World Baseball Classic, where it really seemed as if he was locked in. He looked much better at the plate in spring training than he did much of last year, even after the eye surgery that kept him out for much of the first half of the season. But on the surface, he got off to a slow start this year. But when you looked at the metrics, when you look at the expected metrics, when you looked at, you know, what should be happening based on how well he was hitting the baseball, it led to it led to a lot of encouragement. It led to plenty of reason for the Braves to stick with Rosario at the plate, and now it's starting to pay off. Two straight multi-hit games. And again, I cannot stress enough, especially with the fact that, you know, others are getting off to slow starts. We know that Michael Harris II is on the injured list. Hopefully we'll be back soon. Ozzie Albies is getting off to a bit of a slow start. Eddie Rosario getting going at the plate, and we know what he's fully capable of from what he did in 2021. Not even talking about, you know, what he's probably not going to be able to repeat what he did in the playoffs. We hopefully, we certainly would love it, 
But that was that it's gonna be hard to replicate that. But even if Eddie Rosario can produce like he did, you know, once he came back to the Braves at the end of the 2021 regular season, the big key is is that if he can really start to produce at the bottom of the order, that's going to allow for Atlanta to get back to getting a consistent offense and getting back to them being able to get leads early instead of having to work their way from behind. So just an amazing start to the season for Ronald Acuna Jr. And also it's really awesome to see Eddie Rosario start to see a bit of a breakthrough. Hopefully this will be the start of what should be a really good offensive season for him potentially at the plate. But of course the other big news of the night was unfortunately yet another Brave, you know, was put on injury scare as Orlando Arcia was hit with the 98 mile an hour fastball. The latest on him in just a moment. Another relevant takeaway from last night after the Braves got their ninth victory of the season, got a series sweep as they're entering an off day, again, a needed off day on Thursday, were a, a few notable set of comments that came both from Orlando Arcia as well as manager Brian Snicker. First with Orlando Arcia, you know, the Braves, again, ha have suffered their fair share of injuries. It's been a tough go so far this season. You know, not only coming off what the Braves were, you know, knowing that they were going to have to work through out of spring training, but then also what they were not expecting to have to work through with injuries to Rysel Iglesias, Max Freed, Travis Darno. unfortunately, the loss of Ian Anderson for the season. You know, it's it's the Braves have had their fair share of injuries. Well, last night, it looks like it was going to be another significant injury occurrence when Orlando Arcio was hitting the hand-wrist area with a 98-mile-an-hour fastball. Thankfully, though, x-rays came back negative, and Orlando Arcia, who seems to be, you know, just a guy who just loves playing baseball, he made the comments that, you know, he feels that he'll not have to go on the injured list. He feels that it's something that he'll be able to get back from quickly. You know, obviously, it'll probably be a day or two, you know, where he may be unavailable against Kansas City, but... Brian Snicker talked about, you know, when it came to Arcia, he'll be reevaluated as time goes on. You know, he'll be reevaluated today. They'll look at where he is on Friday. So hopefully it'll be sooner rather than later, and Arcia will be able to get back in the lineup because the Braves certainly are at their best right now with Arcia, with how well he's playing in the field, but also with how clutch he's been at the plate and how productive overall he's been at the plate. But but to me, the most significant takeaway from last night in terms of the postgame comments were the comments that Brian Snicker made about Marcelo Zuna. And, and and let's be honest, this is this is a subject that, and rightfully so, it's been a discussion topic for many, you know, across Braves country, fans of the Braves, those who cover the Braves. Obviously, the continued struggles of Marcelo Zuna at the plate. Last night, Marcelo Zuna, four at-bats, three strikeouts, three runners on base, another big opportunity for him at the plate, you know, during the game in which he struck out. Right now, Marcelo Zuna just is adding very little value at all at the plate. And, and Brian Snicker acknowledged that. You know, he acknowledged that while Marcelo Zuna had a good spring, a good to very good spring, right now is what counts. And it's it, he. It, while that's all he said, it was obviously implied that Marcelo Zuna is not providing the production at the plate that the Braves need for him to provide. But the thing is, is that Snicker went on to say, for now, they're going to continue to play Ozuna. But that's the big thing to focus on, in my opinion. We've come to the point in time when it comes to Marcelo Zuna. Once Michael Harris II returns, we've come to the point in time where Marcelo Zuna just should not be relied upon as a regular part of the lineup for the Braves. And the simple reason is this. 
if he is not producing at the plate, he is not providing any value that warrants him getting regular playing time. That's just the simple truth. When you look at other position players right now on the Braves who may not necessarily be, you know, performing to the level that you would expect them to in an area of strength, they still provide value. Ozzie Albies is struggling at the plate, but he provides, you know, at times gold level, gold glove level defense in the infield. And we obviously know he's starting to get going as far as his production at the plate. Last night for him, you know, another hit, another run coming off, you know, a home run, you know, on Tuesday night. Eddie Rosario, yes, he was struggling at the plate, but the, you know, to start the season, but the big key for Eddie Rosario was that his metrics, was that, you know, the measurements that show what should be happening when he puts the ball in play. They were highly encouraging, and so the expected breakthrough that, you know, many anticipated for him soon, we're starting to see it happen now. Even others like Sam Hilliard, you know, who's done a great job filling in in the field, at the in the plate, at the plate, on the base pass for Michael Harris, he's finding multiple ways to add value. With Eli White, yes, he may not produce at the plate, but you've got speed, you've got defense. Kevin Pillar, he could offer platoon opportunities against left-handers and some defense. Marcelo Zuda does not currently have the skill set to where if he's not providing value at the plate, he's going to provide value elsewhere. There's not a secondary avenue for Marcelo Zuna to provide value if he's not hitting. The only other real player on the roster right now that you could compare Ozuda to in terms of, you know, really only having one valuable part of his skill set would be Ira Adriadza. The value with Adriadza is him simply being able to play multiple positions. Well, Adriadza hadn't played all year until he was forced to play last night due to the Arcia injury. And the other thing that sticks out about Marcelo Ozuna is this, is that unlike with Eddie Rosario, the advanced metrics, the expected metrics, you know, there's nothing encouraging about Marcelo Zuna's performance at the plate right now that makes you think progression is going to come soon, that makes you think a breakthrough is going to come soon. As a matter of fact, we're coming up on two years where Marcelo Zuna just simply has not been a productive regular at the plate. And yes, Brian Snicker has shown a tendency at times to when it comes to veterans who at some point in time in the past have been highly productive, and that was Marcelo Zuna during the 2020 season. At some point in the past, if those veterans have been productive, Brian Snicker can be loyal to them even to a fault at times. And it seems as if that's the case with him and Marcelo Zuna. But the thing is, is that we had this discussion last year with Ozuna. Even when Ozuda had a couple of short spurts of production, overall, he just consistently was an unproductive part of the lineup. And it eventually led to him not becoming a part of the, uh, of the regular lineup, I believe, you know, in August of last year. So this is not something new. We've been here before when it comes to Marcelo Zuna. And so if we've seen it happen before, and it resulted in him, you know, being taken out of the regular part of the lineup. Then once Michael Harris returns, it should just be an easy adjustment. Right now, if Marcelo Zuna is not providing value at the plate, and he's not, even if he's hit a few home runs, it's been mainly because of mistakes, he's not providing value. And if he's not providing value at the plate, he's not likely going to provide value at all. And the Braves just right now, don't need to rely on that being a regular part of their lineup. 
Other players like Sam Hilliard, like Pilar, like Eli White, those players should have a preference over Ozuna because in some way, shape, or form, they're going to provide value. So for many who have said that this is the elephant in the room, for many who have said that, you know, this needs to be addressed, that, you know, once Michael Harris II returns, you know, hopefully over the next several days, it absolutely is correct. It's being brought up consistently because it is correct. Marcelo Zuna right now is not someone who is providing enough value to be a regular part of the lineup. And I feel that the Braves know that. But right now their options are kind of limited as, you know, they see others work their way back from injuries. But once the Braves get closer to full health, my expectation is, is that we'll see less than Marcelo Zuna. And that definitely could be a plus as that would mean that players that can offer more value in multiple ways will get more playing time. But the great thing about it is, is that the Braves have an off day on Thursday to, to make these adjustments, you know, to, to look further into what makes the most sense in the upcoming series against Kansas City. It's obviously a great day for the Braves' bullpen to be able to get some rest as well. You know, one thing that's been mentioned, uh, Chris Willis of uh, the podcast to be named later, site manager, he brought up a great point coming into last night's game. The Braves' bullpen has, been, has logged the third highest amount of innings so far this season, and we're talking about, you know, the Braves having to rely on options that aren't their best options with Colin McHugh and Rysel Iglesias on the injured list. So the Braves are probably using their bullpen a bit more than they had, than they hoped they would have to, you know, at the start of the season. But that kind of also was expected with, you know, the fact that the Braves have had to use talents that they didn't expect they'd have to use so much. They probably did expect that there were going to be shorter outings for their starting staff, but a needed off day for the Braves definitely will help out the bullpen and hopefully will get Orlando RC and just everybody in general a day of rest to be able to kind of recharge and take advantage of an opportunity to get another series win this weekend against Kansas City. Because one thing that I'll say is this, is that this weekend against Kansas City, the Braves definitely need to take advantage of the opportunity to get the series win or get the series sweep because once we get into middle and late April, the schedule starts to get a bit tougher. Series with the Mets, series with the Astros, all that awaits. So there's a great opportunity for the Braves to be able to use today to recharge, get back to good health, you know, make adjustments as they're needed, and then hopefully against Kansas City this weekend, they'll at least get a series win and be able to really once again take control of the NL East. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Battery Power Podcast Network. You can find the Hammer, the Battery Power Podcast, the podcast to be named later, all at BatteryPower.com, at BatteryPowerSBN, and free on all podcast platforms. Just hit that subscribe button, and you'll get the latest content when it's available. My name's Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. Until next time, go Braves. We'll talk to you again soon here on The Daily Hammer. Daily Hammer.